You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. Well, God says in Scripture that if you're in love with me, you're going to love one another. There's going to be a love in your life for one another. Let me, let's start over in the book of 1 John as we continue. We're going to go to 1 John chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. And here's what it tells us. It says, he who says he's in the light and hates his brother is in the darkness until now. So if, you are, if you're saying, hey, I'm in the light, I love God, but you hate your brother, okay? He says, you're kidding yourself. You're actually in the dark. He who loves his brother and abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness. Next verse. Switch it up. There you go. He who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. God says, if you love me and you're in the light, then you're going to love your brother. You're going to love your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, say, love somebody. Tell them, say, love somebody. Tell them, say, love somebody. Love somebody. Love somebody. Part of what proves that we're walking with God is this extraordinary love that comes out of the life of the one who's in love with God. And the type of love that John's talking about here is it's a very particular kind of love that was extremely foreign to the original hearers of this text, okay? It didn't get a lot of airtime, the kind of love that, that John's, John's talking about. It wasn't something they taught in the university. It wasn't something you learned about on TikTok. It wasn't, this is a love that was not like talked a whole lot about. See, what, what you need to understand is that the Greeks actually have multiple words for love. I, I actually wish we did too, you know, because love is such a complex, there's so much complexity to it. Like just one word to describe everything doesn't seem to fit. You with me? Like, like man, I, I love me some pizza. Amen? Like, come on, there'd be a better amen. I love me some pizza. Amen? Like all you keto people are like, wow. Listen, keto, keto anything isn't, isn't neato. It's, it's, it's gross. Tatum's always like, have you tried this keto chocolate? You're like, girl, I don't care. If it says keto, it just, anyway. Where was I? Um, seriously, where was I? Oh, okay, I love pizza. I, uh, I don't love keto stuff. I, like, you know, I love, I love the beach. Man, Tate and I, we love going to the beach. We love, we love hiking. We love jeeping. Man, I love my kids, and I love my wife. Me saying I love pizza and I love my wife, you know it's just a different, it's a different kind of love, right? But I don't have a word to express that to you. Well, the Greeks had multiple words that they would use to express different kinds of love, all right? So they would talk about the, some of the, 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 the most popular loves that were talked about in Greek culture and, and Greek even philosophy. They would talk about this love, this eros love. It was one of the most popular loves. It's... Uh, it's a sexual longing or attraction, sexual passion or desire. The, the root word of eros is erotic, okay? It's named after the Greek god and the carnal love of, uh, of fertil and fertility, okay? Eros. They would talk about this love called phileo. Come on, how many of you have heard these? You know, like, oh, phileo, yeah, I've, I've heard of the loves, right? Phileo, is a, it's an affectionate love or deep friendship. And Greek society talked about this all the time. It's a... 
they actually saw uh, phileo love as being greater than eros love because uh, phileo love was a, a, a mutual care and respect for one another where eros, they kind of thought muddied love. And so this for them was kind of the, the uh, epitome of love. It was the, the extreme love. It's, it was, a, it was a, a, one of the higher loves, this phileo love. It's the love that you saw in, in long-standing friendships. It's the love that you would see between a parent and a, and a, and a child, right? It's this loyalty to, to one another no matter what. And we need that, don't we? Like we need that kind of love for one another. Matter of fact, the, the, the philosopher Plato taught that Eros, Eros love was a distraction from phileo love. That's why we have, have you ever heard, it's a platonic relationship, Right? That actually comes from Plato saying, hey, this, like, this is all, it's all just friendship. It's just friendship, right? There's not attraction here, just friendship. Well, John, listen, he's writing to his hearers of that time about a love they don't hear a whole lot about. Matter of fact, it's a love they really don't understand at all. And, and some actually believe, we go back and we actually believe that it was, it was, it was, Paul, or, or it was John and his writings in the, in the New Testament apostles that were um, teaching about and, and propagating this love that John is talking about. They'd never even heard of it before. And the love that John's talking about, the word is, it's agape love. Agape love. All over the book of John, when you see the word love, it's agapeo or agape. It's, it's agape love. What is agape love? So all of a sudden, I was leaning in. That's a different word. And John's now in the book of 1 John. He's describing this word to us. Agape love is a Christian love. It's, it's, a, it's a love, listen, that originates in God. It's a, it's a, it's a higher level love. Look, here's what I want to I try to do this morning before you leave. Like, we're going we're gonna to level up your love, all right? The Christians live with a leveled up love. It's a higher love. It, it starts in God. Like, you can't produce this, and we'll get to that at the end. It starts in God, flows to his kids, and from his kids back to God and out to the world. It, it is a love that originates in God, agape love. And so John is describing this to us. I, and here's what I want to do up front. I just want to read you the portions where John talks about this love. I want to ask you to lean in and see if you can kind of pick up the themes of this new love that John is teaching people about. It says in 1 John chapter 3, verses 8 through 11, or, or, verses 11 through 18. This is one portion where John talks about this love. Let's, let's read what he says about this love. For this is the message that you've heard from the beginning, that we should agape or agapo one another. Not, not as Cain was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And, and do you know why he murdered his brother? Because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not marvel, brethren, that the world hates you. Like, come on, like Cain, Cain had, it, had it out for his brother who is righteous. The world's going to have it out for you when you're walking in righteousness. Now, he says this... This love is not like Cain's love that took life. Watch. We know that we have passed from death to life because, wait, he, we love the brethren. He who does not love the brethren abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love. Here's what this love looks like, agape, because he laid down his life for us. We also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever 
has this world's goods and sees his brother needs and, and shuts up his heart from him? How does agape of God abide in him? My little children, let us not agape in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Do you see the, you see the themes here? Let, let, let me show you the third place that, that, that this love is talked about. Beloved, let us, in John, 1 John 4, let us agape one another. For agape is of God. This love, that we, it's of God. And everyone who loves is born of God. In other words, if you've got agape in your life, here's what it means. You're born of God. You're born again, okay? And knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. And this is, and in this, the love of God was manifested. Here's how it was shown toward us. That God sent his son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God. Come on, God's like, Scripture's like, that's not impressive. Like you, like you should love God. It's not hard to love God. If you know who God is, you're going to love God. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved, this is the word, agape us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, watch, if God so loved us, we also ought to agape one another. If God poured out agape onto us, we need to agape one another. No one has seen God at any time, but if we agape one another, love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. Agape love. Do, do you see the themes? Because that's what we're going to talk about the rest of the time. Come on, anyone, anyone see the themes? You see the themes? You see? Let, let me help you if you don't see the themes. This agape love, it's a Christian love. It's a higher love. Agape love is not a fickle love. I'm going to give you, if you could keep up with notes, please do. But then if you can't keep up, I'm gonna, I'll give you a, a three-word way to think about this love. But that's at the end, so you got to catch up, right? Agape love isn't the world's fickle love. See, agape, it's unconditional and it's sacrificial love. Agape love is based in, if you're writing notes, taking notes, watch, based in devotion. This is really important. Come on, take some notes. If you don't need it now, you need it later. Agape love is based in devotion. In other words, it's based in choice. It's not motivated by superficial appearance or emotional attraction. It's, 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 agape love is intentional. It's a decision to love that which we love. That makes sense? Uh, let me help you. It's not like, it's not, a, uh, it's not a because kind of love. So because love is this. It's like, I love you because, fill in the blank. I love you because you're funny. You know, I, I, I love you because you're pretty. I love you because, I love you because you cook. Come on, like she knows how to cook. He knows how to cook. Man, I just love you because you know how to cook. The problem is, what happens if we get older and uh, we, we're not so funny anymore, right? And we forget how to cook. Well, your love's a fickle love because it's based in a because kind of love. You see what I'm saying? The agape love that God has for us and then the tall order he calls us to have for others is not a because kind of love. Like, hey, I, I, I love you because, man, you provide so well. Or, or I'm going to love my city because I need my city to do some things for me. You no, know, it's like uh, I, I, my city does some things for me. No, I just love not because I love, period, end of subject. I love no matter what. I love made the decision not changing my mind. 
See, it's a, it's a devotional love. It's regardless of what you may or may not do, regardless of what you may or may not be, I am going to relentlessly love you. Agape love. Agape love is not impulsive, it's decisive. Well, that's good. It's not impulsive, it's decisive. Therefore, it, it doesn't flicker, watch, or fade. It, it doesn't rise and lower with the tides, right? It's steadfast, it's reliable, it's unmovable, it's unshakable. It's the kind of love that God has for you and the kind of love that then God calls us to have for one another. It's agape love. It's based in devotion. Someone say devotion. Agape love is also based in, someone say sacrifice. Sacrifice. God so loved the world, what did he do? Come on, help me out, church. God so loved the world, he gave. He gave his only begotten son. He sacrificed. The agape love doesn't look to be served, but chooses to serve, right? It chooses to sacrifice itself for the greater good of the one loved. To give itself that the other might succeed. Agape love is not the world's fickle love. It's, it's God's foundational love. So, this is what you and I need in every aspect uh, of every relationship God calls us to have. There's a deeper level of love that you, Christian, are called by God to, to carry. <clears throat> this is a foundational love in your life. Let, let me help you with just some things to, so you understand agape love. We'll bring out some practicals for us as a church and for you as an individual. But what you need to understand is this agape love is actually, come on, it's, it's meant to be the foundation of marriage. So I need you to understand this today. Ephesians 5.23, when it, when it says that a husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church, the word used there is not any of these, is to eros his wife or phileo his wife. Hey, that's all good. And I hope you have some of that in your marriage. Come on, somebody, right? Yeah. But that's not the foundation of the marriage. Because if it's the foundation of the marriage, you're, you're in trouble. See, the foundation of the marriage, God, when he says you are to love your wife as Christ loved the church, he says you got to agape your wife as God agapes the church. And what did he do out of his agape for the church? He gave himself for her. He sacrificed his life for the sake of that which he loves. It's an agape love. See, our world's version of love cheapens love. Our world's version of love falls in and out of love because it's a fickle kind of love. You know, so you hear people say, you know, like, well, I, I fell out of love. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. You actually failed to love. You did. That's because love, listen, it's not an emotion. It's a decision. I didn't fall out of love. This isn't some bathtub I fall in and out of, right? Like this is, this is a commitment to the one I love, come hell or high water, no matter what, I'm all in. So I can't fall out of love. See? Matter of fact, the world's version of love begins to, starts to fail the moment love is actually supposed to kick in. It's like, oh, oh, this, this layer's gone, maybe I can love on this layer, and well, you know, we fell out of love. No, this is where love undergirds everything and goes, no matter what, I'm all in. Like, I'm all in. 
I just thought, I'm not even thinking about other options. I'm not even thinking about, like, see, love, agape. It's, it's the foundation of, miracle, of, of, of marriage. Biblical love doesn't fall out. And it fall out, you don't fall out. Amen? Now, come on, let me, let me help you out. <laughs> I'm not saying in any way that, you know, I'm not trying to take all the emotion or the, the arrows out of, out of marital love. Come on, I am not doing that. Here's what I am saying is that, is that it's actually purpose that carves the way for passion. It's, it's, it's devotion that carves the way for delight. And if you, can, if you can, in a marriage, deepen your devotion, you could deepen your, your purpose, you could deepen your, your, your commitment, that actually digs the, the, the trench for, for arrows and all the other loves to flow. But you have to give marriage a foundation of, of agape. And when you have that, everything else, it's, it's going to follow. And you walk through, I, I sit with couples, they walk through seasons like, I don't know, I don't know if I can love them anymore. I'm like, this is where, this is where love happens right now. You, you go, you press in, and you, you push. And well, but we just, the, the fireworks aren't there. Like, hey, let's, that, that, that follows this. Like, you lean into this, right? It's the foundation of, of marriage. And I share all of that so you could understand this, this command or this principle that John's giving you and I when he says, when you walk in the light, you got to love your brethren. It's this kind of love. The same love that's foundational in marriage, watch, is actually meant to be foundational in the church. It's meant to be, come on, it's meant to be foundational in your relationship with one another, church. And the way you treat one another, and you look out for one another, and you're there for one another, and you, you got each other's backs, and you're walking with one another, and praying for one another, and caring for one another. It's not fickle. It's like, oh, they hurt me. I don't know if I can. No, it's like, come on. I'm going to love no matter what. Oh, they're talking bad. Oh, they're talking this. And they said that, and I can't believe. And well, Come on. Paul goes, Paul goes, or John's like, this is a, that's a fickle love. This love's different. Right? It's foundational in the church. John actually goes to say this. Now, it'll all start making sense for you, right? John says, the writer of 1 John, in the Gospel of John, chapter 13, 35, verse 35 says this. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. Well, what's the this? Like, what is so special that is going to stand out in you that is not found anywhere else in the world? What is it if you have agape for one another? Man, loving one another and in the world's perspective, like that, that doesn't make you stand out. No, no, John goes, you agape one another. I mean, you've got, there's something different about you. There's something, what is it? It's a higher level of love. Your love is leveled up. Your love's different. It's a, it's a radical love, a, 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 a an endless, like, you can't stop me kind of love. I'm not going to let the world taint me. I have a love in me that's enabled by the Spirit of God. And it just is different. It's just different. Galatians chapter 5 says this, that the fruit of the Spirit, okay, you got the Spirit of God in you. you you've been born again. You love Jesus. You surrendered to him. The fruit of the Spirit is, do you know 
some of you start to know this. If you know it, start to go with me. It is love, joy. Okay, pause, pause. Do you actually know in, in the Greek, the way that this is written is that the fruit of the Spirit is agape, period. The fruit of the Spirit is agape. Like, here's what the Spirit of God does in you, agape. And then, and then Galatians goes on, oh, let me explain agape to you. Let, let me help you understand this thing that is so different about you, Christian. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Oh, what it looks like, man, you're just joyful. You got peace inside of you. There's patience in you. There's kindness in you. There's goodness in you. There's faithfulness. There's gentleness. There's some self-control in you. What is that? That's all just this thing that God does inside of you called agape. The fruit of the Spirit is love. So, that's a lot to take notes on, I know. So let me boil it down for you. Here's what you write down. Here's what you write down. Ready? Here's what you can take home. When you walk with God, you have a, ready? It's a life-giving love. It's a life-giving love. Church, you awake this morning. Hey, say with me, life-giving love. Ready? It's a life-giving love. And I'm spacing it out on purpose. It's life-giving and it's life-giving love. Listen, it gives of its life. Come on, it gives of its life that it might impart life. Please hear me. Come on, this, if you can grab this and let God's by spirit, God by spirit, put this in you and it flow out of you. Like our church is great, right? We got a good church. We got a life-giving church. But you wait until this principle gets a hold of you and you, you open up the, your life to the spirit of God doing this in you. My goodness. It changes that. Like we're going to go, we're going to level up. And, and you think what we're doing in our city is a big deal now? You let the Spirit of God get a hold of you, put some life-giving love inside of you, and all of a sudden, what you, what you watch God doing through you in your city, it levels up. Why? Because your love is leveled up. It's a, say with me, life-giving love. 1 John 3, 11 through 16, do you remember when we read it, it, it John's trying to describe this love to you, and so he uses this illustration. He goes, it's, it's not love like Cain's. Cain took life. What did he do? He took life. He robbed his brother of life. He goes, it's not that kind of love. He goes, here's agape love. It's, it's the love of Jesus that gave his life for you so that you could have life. That's the, that's the contrast he used. It's not that love. It's this love. What? It's a life-giving. Jesus gave his life. It's a life-giving love. He gave his life to give me life. Being around you, Christian, and me, it should be life-giving. Man, I'm, I'm the most, like, you want to be, you want to be the person, like, being around you is just life-giving. You give of your life to give others life. And so, you're going to live your life in such a way that people walk away from you better than they got to you, right? Like, when you get around me, your day's going to get better. You get around me, I don't care how you walked in, your head hung low, you're gonna, we're going to lift it up. 
Like, you get around me, there's going to be some life-giving. And I might have to sacrifice of my time, of my what to get you there, but I'm going to do what i got to do to get you there because I've got a life-giving love inside of me that gives of my life to give you life. Can I get a better amen? amen. Like, I want to bless you. Man, church, like, getting around you, people are going to leave better than they came. They're better because of you. They're built up because of you. They're lifted up when they're around you. Man, they're just blessed to know you. Is that you? Like, what would your friends say? What would your wife say? What would your spouse? I mean, just curious, just curious. Going to leave that there. Just ask real quick. Someone say life-giving. We give life to others at the expense of our life, at the cost of our life. John gets really practical, right? He says in 1 John 3, 17 through 18, uh, 1 John 3, 17, it says, But whoever has this world's good and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the agape of God abide in him? The point is it doesn't. It doesn't. If you see somebody in need and you don't do, and you've got the means to meet that need and you don't meet that need, don't walk around saying you, you've got agape. You're just like everybody else. But you're different, Christian. When you see a need and you've got the resource to meet the need, you fill the need. You give of your life. And so, real practical. We give of our resource. We give of our finances, don't we? We do it individually. Man, we see somebody hurting. We know somebody that, that needs a little extra. They're, they're hurting and we got the means to do it. Come on, you're just going to, you, you don't ignore it. Your heart doesn't grow cold to that. You step out and you do something about it. We do that as individuals. We do that as a church corporately. We, 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 we tithe, we give, and then we give away. We, we don't even tithe as individuals. You know our church tithes? Like we, we give 10% or more of what comes in to uh, nonprofits, to missions programs that we're behind. We tithe, we give, we love, we, we serve. We, we're going to do summer blast, and we're going to sacrifice of our finances, you know, People, you know, we started charging for summer blast, but so you know, that's half of what it costs. It costs about thirty-five to 45000 to pull off summer blast. But as a church, we would lean in, we dig deep, we're going we're gonna to give. And it blesses, we give of our life, right? We give of our resource. But I want you to hear me, to bless others with our resource. It's not just with a resource, right? It's not just with money. Like, sometimes you're going to give, and it's going to, you're going to, you're going to give life to others with, with your patience. Oh, I know you didn't want me to say that. Like, how many of you got some people in your life that you just got to be patient with? Like, oh my gosh, are you doing that again? Are you still talking about this? Are you still, Lord Jesus, like, Lord help me, right? Like, what are we going to, are you still, you just got out of that mess. How are you back in that mess again? I just turned around. I just, I just, literally, and, and you're going to give life, and it's going to cost you some patience, right? So you're going to pay out of patience to give life. You're going to give of patience to give life. You, you're going to give life with your humility. What's humility to you? Humility, I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to remain in a low place to, to lift you up instead. I'm going to, I'm going to humble myself. I, I'm, I'm going to look to not make the conversation about me. I, I want to hear about you. 
There's just humility. And what am I doing? I'm giving of my life to give you life. I'm, I walk in a room and I'm not, it's all about me. Let's talk about what I want to do and where I want to go and what I want. Like, hey, what's on your mind? Like, what do you think about? Like, wait, let me hear about your day. Let me hear it, right? It's others focused. And so if I'm going to have agape love, I, man, I'm going to, I'm going to, Give of my resource. I'm going to give of my patience. I'm going to give of my humility. Now, some of you, listen, for you, it's like you got to give of your self-control. Like, you're going to hold back your sharp tongue. Like, you, you, you want to, you want to tell them how it is. Cut them up. But because you've got some agape in you, listen, you're, you're going to give of some self-control to see them get some life inside of them. So when you decide to speak, you're going to give life with your words. Now, I'm going to give a sacrificial, sometimes it's sacrificial, but I'm going I'm to die to myself to say some things that might give you, might give you life. Ephesians 4.29. You're tracking with me, church, you wait. Yeah. Ephesians 4.29 says this, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Some of you need to hear this today. Look at it. Look at it. Come on. I just like, come here. Come here. Come here. You've been justifying what you said about them, and you've been justifying the way you've been talking to people, and they deserved it. And I hear you, but can I, I just, don't get mad at me. The Bible says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. When words come out of your mouth, what are they supposed to be? But what is good for necessary edification? What people need is edification. It's necessary edification, okay? So there's no corrupt word proceeding on my mouth, but only what is good for necessary edification, that it might impart grace to the hearers. If there's not grace or some kind of impartation of life in my words, I better not say them. Because scripture says your words, your talk is to be life-giving. We talk about this as a staff. It's like life-giving. Does that mean I ignore conversa hard conversations? No. I'm going to have some hard conversations, but I'm going to have hard conversations in a life-giving way. There's a way to do that. This is life-giving. Like, I'm not con condescending and condemning. I'm, I'm, I'm here to, to meet you where you are and build you up and let's go forward and let's, come on, not, not I can't believe and you're never going to make it, right? It's, it's a, you flip it. So I'm going to have a hard conversation because I want to see you get there. We got to talk about where you are here. Not just, oh, look where you are, you're here, you're stuck. Come on. It's life-giving. So I'm not saying don't have hard conversations. Just, someone say life-giving. Be life-giving. Remember, we're going to give life, we're going to strengthen, we're going to heal, we're going to refresh, we're going to build people up. Isn't this what the Good Samaritan did? Real quick, think about this. The Good Samaritan, remember Jesus tells the story. He models for us this agape love. The Good Samaritan, it tells us, Jesus says, that there's a man who's beat up and left for dead on the side of the road. Remember this? And the worship team, uh, Dustin, you come on up and help me close this. Man's left for dead on the side of the road. And it tells us he's bleeding out, he's dying, he's had his wallet stolen from him, everything else. It tells us that, oh good, look, a priest's coming by. There's a pastor on his way to church. He's got he's to go preach a sermon. He's coming by. Surely he's going to help. What's it say he does? He walks by. He doesn't do anything about it. Then it says, not just the priest, but the Levite comes by. And you're going, oh, good, the assistant pastor is coming by. Maybe he's got time. Pastor's busy. He walks by on the other side. It says that, Jesus tells the story that the Samaritan, he sees the man. Someone say he saw him. 
He saw him. He saw. He, 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 didn't just, he didn't just look. He saw. I'm telling you, stop just looking at your world. Stop just looking at, 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 at people at, the, at the, you know, the grocery store and in line at Starbucks. Stop just looking. See them. He saw the man. And when he saw the man, it says that he ran to this man who had been beaten and left for dead. It tells us that he bound up his wounds. Now watch what he does. He pours on this man his own oil. It cost him what? His oil. He poured on the man his own oil, his own wine. He puts him on his own animal. He gets him a ride all the way to an inn nearby. And he he pays for it out of his own pocket. He's like, listen, he didn't just walk by and go, oh man, God loves you, bless you, hope you do well. Good luck with all that. He got involved and sacrificed that that man who was broken might move toward healing. He gets him in an inn and bankrolls the ministry. He says, I'm gonna give what I gotta give and do what I gotta do until I see you well, until I see you whole, until I see you refreshed, until I see you new. Come on, right? And that is the church. Come on, that's the church. That's you, that's me. That's agape. And that's what God's calling us to do in 1 John. (laughs) Now, let let me end with this. If that's the what, man, we got, then how? Like, that's a tall order. How in the world do we do what God's called us to do? 1 John 4, 12 through 16. No one has ever seen God at any time. But if we love one another, if you press into this agape love, God remains in us and his love is perfected in us. Now watch. By this we know that we remain in him and he in us. He's given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he and God. God abides in him and he and God. And we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. That's the key. Spirit of God has filled your life. You confess that Jesus is Lord. And now you know and believe the love of God. You have, the word know, it's experience. You've experienced and believed, it's you're holding on to. Man, I've experienced the love of God, I'm holding on to the love of God. For God is love, and whoever abides in love, abides in God and guide in him. The way that we do this love is to let God just pour out his love. It originates in him. So I just got to get myself under God's love, right? Does it make sense, everybody? See, this isn't your love. It's agape love. It's God's love. It's a supernatural love. It's about loving people with God's love. That's why, guys, that's why this is the mark of a believer. And I need you to hear this. Like, because back in, the, in Corinthians, like the church was like, the mark of a true spirit-filled believer is they're going to speak in tongues, and they're going to do this, they're going to do that. John is actually writing Corinthians to correct that. 
That's his whole point. It's like, stop it. That's so immature. He goes, yes, pursue the gifts. And, and yes, you want to speak in tongues. Paul's like, I speak in tongues more than all of them. But he goes, do you know what? If you have tongues and all the gifts, but you don't have love, agape, you're just a clanging of a symbol. Matter of fact, he starts the whole thing. He goes, if, if you have love and you give your life to this, and you have it, because it means nothing. Because the mark of a true believer is you've got some agape inside of you. You're different, right? All the other stuff is great, but the foundation of everything starts with the proof that you're his. Is man, you just you got his love inside of you. And that love is flowing out of you. So what I'm saying, it's not about you trying harder. Okay, we've got a good message at church. Let's go out. Let's go get them. Let's go love them. It's not about you trying harder. It, it's about you getting under his love. And when you get under his love, his love changes your love. Spirit of God goes to work inside of you, starts to overflow from you, to touch and change the world around you, to change and shape the, the community that we're, we're in, the church God has called us to be. Like, you just gotta keep yourself under God's love, remember his love. Before you, you speak out against somebody, you gotta remember his love. Before you decide not to forgive somebody, remember his love. I mean, he's forgiven you of so much, how can you dare to go and not forgive somebody else, right? It changes everything when you just let God's love get a hold of your love. So the best thing you could do for your love is yield to his love. Never run from his love. Always keep his love at the center of your life. Imagine church. Come on, imagine if we could just live out this love, agape. Can I tell you something? Man, God wants to give a whole new dose of agape love to his church because it's that love that will change a nation. It's that love that will change a city. It's that love that will change your family. It's that love that'll, that'll take things you thought, you thought were too big to do or, or too complicated to see. God's love gets involved and miracles happen. Why? Because it's a miraculous kind of love. And so we commit ourselves to letting God do what God wants to do in us and through us, in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives change through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Gotta, gotta.